So hello and welcome. This is the first growth strategy podcast of 2021. Uh, I still find it strange you've been saying that and when I write things in my diary I still think it's 2020 but regardless. Um, with the growth strategy podcast and live stream what I try and do this week and every week is introduce you to people that I think will add genuine value to your uh, business or career and uh, we never come on just to plug stuff it's genuinely people I think have stuff that's worth kind of sharing. Uh, today's guest is no different so I'm going to introduce you to Jenny in a second. And then over the next kind of 30, 40 minutes, we're going to share her story. She's going to tell us a lot about a lot of different kind of stuff. Uh, really big on business networking, which is obviously really critical to everyone, but we'll go into that later. And hopefully if you come along with us, please uh, send in a message on any of the platforms. I'll answer them if I can. I can now see them in front of me. Uh, and if you've got any questions for myself or Jenny, please send them in. So Jenny, I'm just going to bring you in. Perfect. So you're now live. Would you like to say hi to everyone? Hi, everybody. This is exciting. <laughs> So, so how's life? How's lockdown been for you? It's good. It's been weird, like everyone. Um, we're in a fun position of being first-time parents as well. I've got an 18-month-old, so when lockdown hit, she was six months. So we're still like trying to navigate how on earth to keep a tiny human alive. And then doing that whilst confined to your house is a lot of fun. It is a lot of fun and games. But we're all, we're all healthy. We're all... Um, like trying to find the good bits out of it, you know, getting, I think getting my husband to be able to work from home loads more than he would have means we get like family lunches and walks and stuff. Um, so yeah, I can't add, to be fair, I can't complain at all. Do oh, good. So one of the things that I always try and open with, and it's almost, I, I don't like to interview people that I don't know, or at least know in some kind of context. For yeah. one, it's because my focus is Northeast England and that's kind of what I play off unless it's a really big guest or they've got a massive following, in which case, of course, I'm going to make an exception because of course you would. Um, but then, so I'd seen you pop up. We don't particularly know each other, although I have just done your online course. So I feel like we, we know each other. And we'll touch on that later, but it's almost, would you like to tell people a bit about yourself? Yeah. So, well, I'm not from the Northeast originally. I've lived here for, um, for seven years now, which makes me feel dead old. Um, the fact I've done anything for seven years, been here seven years, originally from Carlisle. So I'm very, I am Northern. I'm a Northern lass. Um, originally from a little village called Wetherill, just outside Carlisle. Um, but I've lived all over really moved when I was 18. I went off didn't know what I wanted to do with myself when I grew up. So I lived in Fiji with nuns. You do look like that type. Who yeah, would well, I'm just, like, and... I, don't know I just make it up as I go along, hence living and ended up in Fiji um, and taught, like did volunteer work in a deaf school for a bit and then travelled, ended up in Liverpool, went to uni there, loved Liverpool. Which was is my hometown. Hmm? It's my hometown. I could tell by your little accent, you know, I was like, oh, he's got a bit of Scouse, a bit Scouse twang. When I talk to Scousers, I turn Scouse. I'm one of those people that sucks up. People's I can tell accent. because I thought you were from the Northeast. And by the way, hi, Simon. I can see people starting to comment, so please comment. Hi. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I do. I soak up people's accent. It's because I've got kind of a non-accent. My mum's American, but grew up in South Africa. My dad was from the Northeast, so I have probably have got a bit of a Northeast twang anyway. Um, but yeah, I was in Liverpool for five years. Absolutely loved it. Went back to Carlisle and then Northeast. So this is home now. Definitely home. What do you do at uni? Business and finance. Again, I didn't know what I wanted to be when I grew up. So that seemed like a quite a, 
a good safe option and um, it covered a lot of bases and the only thing I could really think of what I wanted to do was maybe have a sweet shop because I loved to pick and mix when I was little and I thought oh to have a pick and mix would be lovely a little pick and mix shop see I'll, so, let, yeah. I'll let you into a little secret so last night I gorged myself on M&S Percy Pigs it was technically oh. Percy and Friends and I feel a little bit sick today so it's, yeah. it's quite topical that you uh, talk about um, well my lovely friend Jordan, I'd said I was I missed pick and mix, and I'd posted something on Twitter, and then like a few weeks later, I got a little box through the mail from her. She sent us a pick and mix, and you can order them online. So I I gorged on that. Don't even feel bad about it. I bet you they're not ten p anymore though. Well, my little not. paper bags. Well, yeah, and you used to get them weird and that. Yeah, Jordan COVID nightmare now. though. All these kids digging their hand in. <laughs> No, thinking about it, it wouldn't work now. Um, but yeah, I did. I love to pick a mix. So one of the things that I always kind of ask people, because for me, this is all about like almost you sharing your story and your journey. And the reason why we kind of do that is that I interview a lot of business owners. And likewise, from either Darlington or Liverpool and Northeast or Carlisle or wherever, it's often you, what you see in the media in terms of business owner is an Alan Sugar type. Okay, he's actually quite rough and ready as well. But you get my point, it's a certain character. And one of the things that I was always keen to kind of do is almost interview real people, have real stories to kind of tell, that hopefully, because this all goes onto YouTube, people might actually resonate with you. And actually, if you can do it, maybe they can do it. And actually, when you go through to explore people's story and how they kind of got to where they're at, I think it adds a lot of breadth and depth to your character kind of thing. And people always talk about personal branding. But actually, the more they get to know about you and what you're about and your backgrounds and stuff, it's like, I'll ask you about the guitars in a second, although I now know they're not yours, but regardless. But actually, I, you know, for what we're going to talk about is how you build those connections with people via networking. But actually, the more you share your story, and this will hopefully get out to about 18,000 people, you're helping to just develop those connections as well. And they might get a feel for who, you know, they'd seen your name around, but maybe not heard you speak before. And yeah. it was just, that's why I was, you know, keen to kind of, you know, get people to share their stories and stuff. No, I totally agree. I think... Um, growing up, it wasn't until I was in my second year at uni um, and I'd obviously took a gap year and travelled and then had another year doing whatever. Um, so I was in my second year, I was probably, I was 21 or so, something like that. I don't know. But that was the first time I had ever even thought and this like moment where I was like, starting a business is actually something that I could potentially do. And it hadn't even, it hadn't been on my radar all through school growing up. Um, it hadn't been on my radar um, like traveling and it, it just wasn't something that I felt someone like me would do. I don't know if it's as a woman, someone from a small town, a small village, someone who isn't from an affluent background mm -hmm. necessarily. You know, I haven't got millions of pounds in the bank just to start a business because that's what rich people do. So I remember being at uni, they had, they invited some um, alumni and they were quite young, these guys. They've got, a, they're still going now at a company called Agent Marketing in Liverpool. And this guy called Paul came in and talked to us just like a normal person and shared his story of how he started his business. And that genuinely like changed my life and changed my view and it just opened this like door and went you could do this and then all of a sudden there were just all these opportunities and ideas and that's why you were probably straight out of uni for a year out of uni I started my first business um and I think it's massively important to share stories to hopefully unlock that little door for someone else oh cool so what was the first business 
So it was a job I invented, Steve. So I fell into networking by accident while I was at uni. I was doing some voluntary work at a company just to get something on my CV. And he took me along to a networking event. And it was my first experience of networking. No one had ever told me about it and I'd never been warned about it. And I was a bit hungover at the time. It was the day after Valentine's Day. And Valentine's Day at uni when you were single was a great night out. Um, so I was a little hungover. And he took me along to this networking event, which was like in a really nice bar. And he told us, you know, he said, don't tell them you're a student, you're the business development manager. And the company's called Milky Tea. It does CGI and animation, which I still to this day don't understand. And he was like, just talk to these like, grown-ups in suits these you know people that have got their lives together and I was just given a name badge and told just to talk to them and it was genuinely one of the most scariest things I've ever done I hid in the toilets for most of the night um didn't really speak to anybody but I, I forced myself to go to another event and eventually built up that courage to approach a stranger because we were all told stranger danger don't speak to them and then we start you know, going into the world of business and we're expected to know how just to talk to them. Mm -hmm. So I eventually built up the courage and spoke to someone and then I just fell in love with networking. Like the people that you're able to meet and get access to and chat to and learn from and hear their stories and um, hear their experiences and find out about their businesses. It was just, I, I just absolutely loved it. Anyway, um, I continued to network in Liverpool and it was a massive part of the business culture there going out and building relationships and I found myself when I was networking introducing people and like matchmaking mm -hmm. them and going like oh you should speak to this person you should speak to this person and I also found that I'd chat to people who like stood in the corner on their own and were just like I hate these things I don't like these networking events I don't know what I'm doing here um, or they didn't have time to do it they didn't have the maybe the they weren't big enough as an organization to employ a business development manager to do networking as part of their role so I thought right I'm good at networking I enjoy it I love it I'm you know I love matchmaking people I could do this since for a lot of different people instead of just for one business so I created a, a job a business where um I was a full-time networker so I used to go to five six events every day monday to friday every day every day a lot it was very early but very late night as well didn't pay for food or wine for like a year um but i used to go to full-time networking on behalf of um, a number of different businesses so i took on a company as a client and um, i'd only have one from each industry and then i'd do a corporate analysis on their business so i'd really get to understand um, and them as uh, an organization, their product services, target market, who they were looking to meet, but also their culture and what they were about as a business and the kind of people they wanted to engage with and connect with. And then while they cracked on doing their day job and doing what they love to do, which was running their business, mm -hmm. I'd be out doing all the legwork. Um, I'd obviously pay for my memberships of mm -hmm. networking organizations and I'd go out to all the events and meet people. And then anyone that I met that would be useful or interesting for any of my clients to chat to, I'd make those introductions. So it means that they were having that pre-organized one-to-one. So it, it made it a lot more time efficient for, for them. No, so that was the first business. And so I how old were you at the time? I was, oh, I was maybe 22. Wow. 23 maybe. Um, yeah, a lot of fun. I learned a lot, got to go to, because the more networking you do, as you know, the you more events you get invited to, and mm -hmm. then you get invited to events that aren't actual events. They're like the opening of a new restaurant or fashion mm -hmm. shows, or but it's still networking. 
Um, and the more people you know, the more people want to know you. So it was a, it was a really exciting time, but it was after a year that was all I could all I could do. I didn't want to talk to anyone after a year. I was honestly, like, honestly, you know. it sounds like you know it's hard graft going to these things. I still remember the the first event I went to in the northeast after I moved up was for there's an organization called NOF Energy. Well, now it's just NOF, uh, and they do offshore energy kind of stuff. And I still remember going to an event at the Sage in Gateshead going in didn't know anyone like not a single person sat down at a table and then it was to actually say to the person on your left just hello and actually make that first kind of yeah and then what's funny because the next time you go to one of these things you already know someone so you kind of let you onto them and something that kind of relates to what you said is that most people don't they think that networks are like just big circles and you have big groups of people and you know lots of people but most networks are actually like pyramids so the people like you and me and some others that actually know a lot of people and actually connect a lot more and one of the big things i was taught almost talk about is that if you can find the kind of really well connected people it can make a massive difference yeah. but it's a hell of a job to kind of so what did you do after that well how did you kind of move on so from there my sister got engaged and i decided i was i'd had enough of the full-time networking i wanted to be um, with her for that process, you know, and um, I was ready to kind of move back home. So after five years in Liverpool, went back to Carlisle and I thought, right, I need to get a real job. I need to get, you know, a proper job. Um, so I'll go networking to meet some business people because I didn't know anyone in the business community and quickly realised that there was just not nothing at the time mm -hmm. there was n hardly any networking events available there was maybe one or two in Carlisle a month but that was that was about it I think there was maybe one or two BNI chapters as well um so I decided to take everything that I'd learned from attending all these networking events and flip it and start hosting them so this is where the second business came from so I decided to set up again but obviously completely different business model different um, different location, different business people. And now it was a networking organization. So it was hosting networking events. So I hosted four called? events a month, May 15, it was called. Nice. Um, it's my birthday. So I got to have a party every year. <laughs> um, so yeah, May 15 um, launched on the 15th of May and we had a big launch event. And then it hosted, I hosted four events a month and businesses could pay to be a member, like they would, you know, kind of any other networking organization and they could come and go to as many as they want. And I'm not gonna lie, it was tough. It was really, really tough. I think that first year, I remember once I, held, I hosted an event and like one person showed up yeah. and it just rips your heart out. We got, we just got pissed really, to be honest. We just got drunk um, and had a laugh and it was fine, but it's just, it's really hard. And yeah. because at the time I, I remember putting on events to try and like teach people why they should be going networking because it wasn't really part of the culture at the time. People networked, they built relationships, but they didn't necessarily realize that they were doing it. Um, so the idea of physically going to a networking event seemed a bit alien, I guess. Um, so it took a lot of time to really build those relationships and a lot of trust needed to be evolved um, with the business community there. And that, you know, and I totally appreciate that, um, that in time people did join and they did come on board and they started attending events and there was more than just me and a couple of others there and I had a great time and I loved I loved that business and I loved the business people I got to work with and hosting events 
hosting events was so different mm -hmm. because you kind of become like this mum to all these other people and you become someone like an agony aunt you become a sounding board someone that they can just vent to if they need to especially um entrepreneurs who work independently or on their own um so it was very different and i learned so much from doing that again didn't have really a clue what i was doing made it up a lot as i went along um but you learn as you go that way and i did i made a lot of mistakes but i wouldn't make them again so it was only a positive thing and i've built some you know lifelong relationships out of it and yeah did that for nearly five years i think it was wow. um all in all that's almost, I think that's almost when, because I think the first time I was exposed to you was on a startup week. And I think you right. were a guest speaker and same as I was different. It was all pre-recorded this year because of COVID. Um, but I think one of the things that almost, there's certain people that you seem to resonate with, even though we'd never met. And I think my big one, and the one that always came to mind, it's actually, she was my first guest on this 40 or guests ago, was Ashley King, I think, you know, uh, from the Northeast. Um, anyway. And I think it's anyone who is willing to create something and put it out there. It is yeah. scary. It is hard yeah. to do. But even when you do a silly little live stream like this, where you talk to interesting people and stuff, when you actually press go live, it's daunting because you're always putting yourself out there to get shot at. Oh. And actually it's so much easier to not do it. And almost, you know, so I took a break when COVID was worse and it was like, at what point is appropriate to come back? And you're almost you're second guessing yourself and it's easy to fall into a trap and think, actually, I'm, I'm just not going to do it. So anyone that does this or, and we'll go on to some of the things that you've done. I think it's, it, 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 it's more difficult than people think you need to actually put yourself out there with something that you've created yep. and you want to share because some people, you know, are going to slag it off and it's just having the drive to say, no, no, I'm, I'm proud of this and just keep going. Yeah. Keep going. I think you're never going to please everyone, but you know, like you say, putting, pressing that button or, you know, whatever it is that makes you, it makes you so vulnerable mm -hmm. to the world, especially when it's something you really care about. And I think that's why quite often people just don't try mm -hmm. because the fear of failure outweighs that. See, for me, my biggest fear is the fear of unfulfilled potential. Yeah, it's that same. fear of not knowing what I could have done had I tried. That terrifies me more than, way more than failing at anything. So, you know, I've, and I think I've had, so I've had to train myself just to do it. Okay. And then if it doesn't work, which, you know, stuff for me hasn't worked in the past, but it's made me better at what I'm doing now because I've failed and that's all you can take um and I don't think failure is even a thing you only fail if you stop trying you know how can you lose a race that you're still in kind of thing as long mm -hmm. as you just keep going it, it doesn't really matter what you do you just change the rules of the race I guess I think you've just given me my sound bite for Twitter that's it you just oh, get in nailed oh, it the end. already like 10 minutes in already nailed it there you go <laughs> oh, no it's true it's true um, so would you like to tell people about Networking Know Who? Yeah, so Networking Know Who came from obviously my love of networking, my passion for, for connecting people and getting them to connect with each other through conversation. Um, but after I was after I had May 15 in Carlisle, I moved over to the Northeast, fell in love as you do, got married, and um, I ran a network over here, the Muscle Club. I was MD there for a few years. It had already been going for a number of years when I came in um, and had the absolute pleasure of running that for about three years, I think. Um, and then I took a, a step back from networking, to be honest. 
honest. Um, I'd kind of, you know, being in the center of a network is, is intense. It's all consuming. It's seven days a week. You know, even on my honeymoon, I was there with my laptop, you know, doing what you do. Um, and I took a step back from it and ended up spending the last three years, two, three years, um, delivering business support with Sundance Software City, which was just mm -hmm. amazing. The team there is fantastic. And I learned so much about tech as an industry, got to work with so many amazing businesses. Um, but during my time there, I kind of, I've always, I've always still talked about network and it's still kind of really been in my heart. And um, one day in the office, I was explaining how I recommend events to people, how my mm -hmm. brain kind of works. And I drew this doodle on the, the little whiteboard. Um, and later on, David Dunn, who's the CEO came in and was like, what's that? And I was like, oh, well, this is my little doodle and I explained my doodle. And he was like, that's a hypothesis. You need to go and get someone to look at that. So I was like, okay. So toddled off and to Durham Uni and um, applied for them to um, take it on as a project for their MBA program, the business school. And they did. So they did some academic research into this this doodle, this hypothesis thing. So this is the networking um, ecosystem. The networking ecosystem, yeah. So um, they they did some research into the ecosystem to kind of prove that it existed, mm. um, which it did, which was fantastic. And then a year later, I applied again because I wanted to do some more research into the implication of, of applying the ecosystem to a business. Um, and then on the back of that, it's kind of lit, lit a fire in us, I guess, to be like, oh, there's, there's something there with this. This is exciting. This could really have impact. And um, I felt I got pregnant and had uh, had a baby um, in August 2019. And while I was on maternity leave, decided, you know what? I need to I need to do this. If I'm gonna take this time away from my baby to work it needs to be working on something mm -hmm. that really is like something I have to do and um decided to, and it was really tough because I love that job and I love that place but decided to to um leave um Software City and go self-employed and take this leap of faith and kind of scary isn't it everything yeah and especially I think becoming a mum where it's not just me anymore mm. in the past if I kind of fucked up a bit it was like oh it was fine but now it's like oh I've got this little person that's relying on me and you know you've suddenly got all these different responsibilities and um, so it felt very different this time it felt a lot more serious the decision in the past it I'd always kind of gone oh yeah I'll do that like I've written a book before I'm like oh I want to write a book so I'm going to write a book and I want to do this so I'll do this but this time felt different so um but made that decision and then my husband took over parental leave literally the week we went on lockdown wow. um and i'd kind of planned you know to to launch this business this um network know who where i could teach networking skills and i could help businesses by creating networking strategies for them and help them be strategic in their approach to networking and obviously the world closed everyone's doors shut networking just stopped everything i had in the diary was was gone and um it was almost a blessing that it happened at the very beginning rather than you know me getting six months in and yeah. it happening because it allowed me and I think Dave having that time on parental leave it gave me that freedom that space to just be like right I didn't even have a desk at the time I was literally just sat in the loft <laughs> with with my laptop on my knee and I was like right what am I going to do how am I going to do this um in this new 
non-networking world and had to pivot like everyone did and do you know I think it couldn't have been a better time yeah. and it's worked out really well in that people people have never needed networking more than they need it right now and they can't do it the way that they've always done it so we're having to be more creative we're having to be more strategic mm -hmm. we're having to think in new ways of how we can build trust within our network and our relationships in order to keep our businesses alive and um you know keep ourselves sustainable yeah mm -hmm. so um, so yeah, it's been an interesting time, but See, one can I that mentioned, I was going to say, because before we started on the live bit, we were having a bit of a okay. chat and it was funny because when that exact same time and everyone went on to zoom and I didn't even know what zoom was, you know, yeah. it was, most people didn't. Never heard of it. And it was at that point, I kind of realized that everyone knows that online is going to be a big thing and it is a big thing. And it was at that point I learned to do live streaming from scratch. I had some camera equipment, nothing else. And it was just to learn because I could see its potential just to hit a lot of people. And then the trick then becomes what do you do to kind of put yourself out there that isn't offensive. It's not going to piss people off. It's not like the Steve Pugh show. And that's where I thought I'd help celebrate other people in their journey because let's face it, people love to talk about themselves in a nice way. But you get my point. Of course they do. Bloody love it. I love it. Who doesn't? But it was almost when there was a fundamental market shift people that could pivot and almost were smart enough to identify a gap and do that will succeed so much more than a lot of people that would just put their head in their sand. Mm -hmm. And it's from a business strategy point of view, because this, I guess, is a business strategy podcast. It's when you can identify things which make you unique or your business unique, whatever. It's a talent that you have. So we're both not afraid to talk. And actually, so it's almost use that as a thing. You know, that's a superpower that a lot of people don't have because they hate talking especially publicly so almost yeah. from a business point of view if people don't know who you are they can't buy your stuff yeah. it's just it's just facts and it's that kind of thing so I, I really empathize with with what you're saying yeah I think for me as well what I was trying to sell especially in the in the beginning was me talking it was me training you know in the beginning it was me training in public you know standing up in front of people and I'm an extrovert I love being around people and I get my energy from them um so having that taken away and having to learn everything you have to learn over like you said like I didn't know what zoom was and then having to convert training content that works in a group setting to being online it's so different because I mean, I use some puppets and that my daughter's puppets. I use them to like, you know, try and keep people. We all have Zoom fatigue and um, it's hard work sitting, listening to people chat on Zoom for hours on end. So trying to make content that's informative and educational, but still is engaging and interactive remotely, massive learning curve. And then similarly, like I invested in some um, software, some video editing software called Camtasia. No, is it? Yeah, Camtasia, called Camtasia. And um, I remember it was like, it's 250 pounds. And I was like, oh, that's a lot of money. Yeah, that's like, to me, well, that's a lot of money. And especially when I was first starting out and I hadn't even bought a desk yet. I've got a desk now, I'm fine. Um, but at the time and I was like, oh, yeah. this is so much money, blah, blah, blah. Can and we I was talk like, about that? Because I, I mentioned, I did a, like a recap of my first year in business uh, just before mm -hmm. Christmas with a guy that I know started his business at the same time. And it's the difference between, so I started officially October 19. Um, and it was almost for the first six to eight months. Yes, you earn a little bit of money, but everything is a big purchase. It's almost, you know, exactly what you say with software. But then actually when I had a few retainers and the money started to come in, I still wasn't paying myself anything. 
but actually the, I was generating cash that I could then reinvest in all of this yeah. magical stuff. But there was a distinct difference between having no money, shoestringing it, doing everything you humanly can to actually, oh, you know what? I'm going to spend 700 pounds on sound blankets to reduce the noise in my video. It's that, you know, but it changes over time. And for me, it yeah. was almost eight months or so after it properly started. So actually to hear someone else go through the same thing. Oh. Again, if there's someone else that started two months ago, they won't be like, oh, fuck, I've got no money. Is it always going to be like this? And, and the truth is, no, it will, should get better over time. I think it's a mindset thing because you, you back in yourself when you spend money, mm. when you spend money in life, it's just on stuff and it's things. But when it's on your business, it almost kind of puts a little bit more pressure on you to make sure that you don't waste it but it's also a psychological thing in that every time you do spend you know 100 quid on an ikea desk and you know and it's like but that's me going yeah jenny you know what you deserve that desk yeah. you're damn right i do and like you reinvest in that in your in your business in yourself um and at the beginning it is you're right it was like everything was like a massive it felt like a massive investment mm -hmm. and i mean it, it changes quickly and i mean i'm 10 months in now and i've just um signed off on the development of a new platform i'm building nice. which is a lot more than 250 quid um so then that and that that's by far the biggest amount of money i've spent on anything and that's going to be uh, for the business and that feels like this, it feels like the same way that it felt when I spent 250 quid okay. on a bit of software. See, I've got um, something similar launching soon. And for me, it's all about reduce, reduce the tax bill, get you further along. And I, but yeah. it's, it's, it's money that if I said to my wife, actually, I'm going to spend this on something, she'd be like, <gasps> it's like, no, no, it's not real money. It's like business it's not money. Real money. Yeah. It's like, it's not real. It's fine. It's the business you're reinvesting it in. It doesn't count. It's not like, oh, I'm spending 12K on a, on a, I don't know, a new sofa or something. Um, it's like, no, you reinvest in whatever it is you've already made back into the business for a strategic purpose as well, because it's not just a thing to have. It's investing in something that can result in a lot more of additional revenue moving forward as yeah, well. Okay. So it's a, it's a completely different, it feels a lot different. People are commenting that your energy is unrivaled. So you've oh. got some <laughs> It could be the shirt. It's quite a bright shirt. I thought I'd be a bit bright today. Yeah, it's not very nice outside. So so you um, recently launched a networking course on Udemy. Yeah. Would you both like to tell people your thinking behind why you wanted to do it? And I'll kind of riff off that. And then almost the process of going through it. Is that cool? Yeah, of course. So again, that was something that I never would have, had it not been for lockdown, I wouldn't have probably had the time to sit down and really think about doing something like that. Um, as someone who's offering whose business was um, initially going to be based around delivering training, there's so many, so many hours in the day. There's only so many times that I can deliver the same training course without yeah, wanting yeah, yeah. to kill myself. So having that time to be able to go, right, well, how can I create a product that I can generate passive income from? Scalable. How can I create something that's going to allow me to get my message out to a larger volume of people in a shorter amount of time that's still going to generate revenue and um, not going to take up all the hours in the day. And that's where the idea of creating a course that's pre-recorded and hence the investment in the, in the editing software, um, being able to create this course that I create it once, I film it once, edit it once, and then can sell it 
millions of times if mm -hmm. I wanted to um, at no additional cost or time taken from me. Mm -hmm. Just like, I remember thinking, well, that's just good sense. That's just efficient, isn't it? Um, and I like, I like, I like when things are efficient, Steve. Um, so it, it, I went, I, you when know, I I've just noticed what? because for everyone who's watching this, I've actually done Jenny's course. I, I, you talked about on LinkedIn, so I actually bought it and did it and run through the whole thing. And actually, interestingly enough, it's probably good consumer feedback. I started it on my desktop at home in my office, but actually I'd almost, you can watch it on your phone whilst you're doing, you know, out and about. It's, it's a very usable kind of resource, but it was in something you just said, you put on a different accent when you presented the course to how you're speaking now. You did. And that's probably because I'm talking to you and your scouse, Steve. So my scouse comes out. I'm like, I was on some chicken. <laughs> like I've got a scouse. That's my awful scouse. But it was you had your in a nice way, but your your telephone voice on, and I only did just twigged. Yeah. When... And this is how this is how it is. So I think like I don't know if you're the same, but when I'm just talking to a camera, you do you just a lot more. You know, and you still try and be energetic and things, but it's not the same as like us having a conversation yeah. now. I much so, prefer being in person. It's when you get the vibe. I do, yeah. But yeah. if not being in person and then just talking to a, a screen with no one else in the room and then there's having that conversation like we are now in the middle. And this just, yeah, it just, yeah. So my accent is, <laughs> I'm a chameleon. We'll call me, we'll call me a chameleon. But, no, but um, I, I thought the course was really interesting because basically what you go through is almost the development of a networking strategy. Yeah. Uh, it's all on different things. Lots of worksheets. I know you've got a worksheet, yeah. Chong. I love a worksheet. <laughs> I sing a song about worksheets. <laughs> and the one thing that got me actually, because obviously I've, I've done business development in the past, I guess I still do it now. It was, I can't remember what the figure was, but it was almost, you know, if you took your hourly time and you do one a week and yeah. you do this, this, and it was like 42 grand a year that you effectively yeah. spend on networking. And it's like, you know, it's a lot of time and effort that again, as a sole trader or, you know, independent freelancer kind of thing, your time is everything. And again, yeah. if you're going to do it, you have to get value from it. You have to know what you're doing. And I'll be honest, I don't think most people do. I think they kind of just do stuff just because they've always done stuff. And yeah. it's, so I thought it was really interesting. I think that's, that's one of my goals is to get people, businesses to take networking seriously and to give it the same, the same respect it deserves as other marketing functions. Mm -hmm. So businesses have social media strategies. When social media first came out, they didn't really take it seriously it was okay. like oh we'll get a young kid in to tweet some stuff whereas now obviously because of the data that it, it, it enables you access to people take it obviously extremely seriously and return on investment is very it's very tangible when it comes mm -hmm. to online marketing social media and um, a lot of other marketing functions as well but i think because people don't necessarily always see in the term in in terms of like financial return on figures and facts and numbers what you get back from networking, they don't think of it strategically. Hence, obviously the course, which is all about how to be strategic in your approach to networking and looking at that return on investment from mm -hmm. networking activities. And what are you actually spending? What do you want back in return? What are your objectives for going networking? Why are you even attending events? Do you wanna get sales? If so, who do you wanna to sell to? Do you wanna, I mean, accessing knowledge and networking for knowledge is probably the most powerful mm -hmm. form of networking and creating a diverse network as well so networking with people outside of your industry outside of your areas of interest in order to learn from them and spark innovation and okay. spark new ideas um, and so I, I still think is like a freelancer type thing the most valuable thing that you have is the idea 
And then obviously yeah. it's the execution of the idea, but it's almost, that is the big thing that I think, yeah, you're completely right that you get from networking. You can also get from places like Ted talks, yeah. or just exposing yourselves to different sectors, different backgrounds, different cultures that you don't normally interact with because from the same group that you've seen for the last 10 years, it's probably all the same stuff. But the one thing which I, I told you this, that I really kind of hit a light bulb when you said it. And it was the fact that when you develop a network and you get to know people, you also, if you make a good impression, you actually get to meet everyone that person will ever meet and has ever met. Yeah. Because if you have something valuable, that person will tell everyone in the future, actually Jenny's really good at this and people yep. they've met in the past. And I was like, because it was true, but I'd never heard it. And then one thing that's just twigged now is that with anyone's brand, you want to be seen as an authority and an expert on the topic. And I watch a lot of stuff and I don't know anyone that is a net, uh, an expert on networking. You see loads of social media people, whatever, but I think there's a real niche there that you can go hard on. And, you know, I know you've got speaking to lots of different things, but I do think there's something there, but you can actually back it up with evidence and history and yeah. stuff. I think you're onto a winner, which is good. Well, you've just made my day. Not that you hadn't made it anyway, inviting me on your show, but you've just made my day. And interestingly, actually, last week, I just came across um, some uh, people in academia who were doing research into the power of networking for career development, for innovation. And I got super excited and proper geeky. And I've never been one for like, you know, like like music bands and celebrities and that and stuff. I've never been one for Just that. But like I, I turned into like one of those like proper super fans. I stalked them on LinkedIn and I was like adding them. It was on a Sunday and I found their email addresses. I was emailing them and I was like, please, can I talk to you? I'd love to find out about your research and like, you know, the fact that there's people who are doing, you know, recognized mm -hmm. research um, into what networking can do and the power of it and its effects. And there's just so many more benefits. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I've got a call with one of them tomorrow and I'm very excited. I'm such a geek, but I love yeah, it. Cool. So I'm conscious that we're 37 minutes in because we can oh, both wait. talk. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's, it's cool. Yeah. Or whisper um but one of the there's two questions i ask everyone every week kind of thing and i actually in some ways think this is the most valuable piece of content and then completely selfishly in about six months time i recycle this on a sunday and put it out but it's the best bit anyway Love um would you be happy to share with the audience what's the best piece of advice you ever had the best piece of advice i've ever had so there's a couple the one that i use a lot for others is the best, one of the best bits of advice I was given is that there's two kinds of people in the world. Mm -hmm. There's men and women. That is the only difference between people. Everyone puts their shoes and socks on one at a time. We all worry about stupid things, cholesterol and our weight. And it doesn't matter what car you drive. It doesn't matter what your job title is, how much money you've got in the bank. People are just people and they want to be happy and they want to enjoy themselves and they want to be interested and excited. And especially in business, we often see people who are certain levels of success and think of them as being unobtainable and Special. scary. Yeah, and I think just remembering that there's, we're all just people. That was, that's one that's really, that's really carried me well um and another one is make sure that you're the best dressed person in the room that's a good one steve as well you know if you're at a meeting or something I'm really, yeah i must have but it was uh, so when i remember uh, going on holiday years ago it was to brazil but anyway james khan that used to be on dragons then in his book he talks about investing in yourself 
So in the same way you're talking about investing in your IKEA desk, etc. If you're either going for that next level of job or for a certain client, it's a certain thing, invest the money, especially if it's tax, tax deductible, in you know nice clothes and outfits and really invest in all aspects of your business, including yourself. Yeah, um, and what makes you what makes you feel good? Mm-hmm. If it makes you feel confident and you know, um have you read um 12, 12 rules for a chaos free life? No. Bloody wonderful. You should read it. It's really good. Anyway, there's one of them and it's about confidence and it's about how lobsters, when they fight, um, they the lobster that wins releases serotonin. It's one of the happy hormones. I think it's serotonin. Anyway, when you release serotonin, you, you stand up tall. So lobsters that win all the fights stand up tall. So the other lobsters know not to mess with them. Anyway, humans, when we do something that makes us feel good and confident and we win or we do something well, we get a hit of serotonin, we stand up straight and we're like confident. And if nice clothes or a nice car or whatever it is, make you feel good Mm -hmm. and confident, then that sends a signal to the rest of the world. Um, So finding ways in which you can give yourself a hit of serotonin and you can do it by actually remembering things you've achieved in the past as well. That's a little tip. So if you write a little list down of all the stuff you've ever achieved and then you're feeling a bit intimidated by a situation, read the list and you'll go, I'm awesome. What are you on about? And then you'll like be confident. Sorry, I went off on a tangent about lobsters. That's right. People enjoy it. It's good. Um, And the other question is if you were to give advice to your younger self and it could be the person at uni, it could be the person growing up in Carlisle, whichever, what would it be? Um, advice to my younger self would be to not be afraid to be who you want. I think when I was younger, I probably was someone who I felt I should be at the time, like others expected me to be or, you know, and I think as I've gotten older and, you know, you experience more things Mm -hmm. and life changes, I'm actually doing things that make me into a person I want to be. So things like I um I gave up alcohol nearly three years ago now and that was actually a really big decision for me um because it affects your relationships with people because you don't have that social you don't go out drinking anymore and I was always a big party girl everyone that knows me used to I used to party I can tell. <laughs> like oh man yeah yeah I'm still the life and soul but I just don't I still I just remember it the next morning now which is nice um so making these decisions and changes in my life to be who I want rather than who I felt I should be um, and not being afraid of that. And I think obviously who I want to be now will change uh, in 10 years. Mm-hmm. I'll be, I'll want to be someone else. Um, and just to be open to that and be excited for that. So I think if I could tell myself 10 years ago, just be whoever it is you want, don't worry about other people because if they're not the right people to accept you, then they're not the right people to have in your life anyway. Um, and that, that I think that applies to business just as much per, as to personal life. Um, to do what you feel is right mm-hmm. for yourself, your business, your colleagues, your staff, whoever, and following your gut and following your heart on it. That's yeah, that's the best yeah. thing you can do. Almost because one of the things that I try and do is almost the everyone has like an idealized version of themselves of who they would love to be that kind of dream yeah. person and truth be told in the first kind of two lockdowns I kind of let my because I used to be in really good shape but I kind of let my fitness slip I, I think a lot of people did because I play basketball and it was all stopped because of COVID and stuff and actually it was almost with the turn of the year I thought actually now I'm gonna start going running again and the thing that almost gets me going is almost that I always think well 
the dream ideal version of myself, say on Sunday, it was minus three, it was bloody freezing. Would they get up and go for a 10K run? And they would. So it's like, I'm going to do it. And it's almost just trying to become the person that you want to become through replicating their actions. Yeah. And I don't particularly drink anymore. I, you know, I love, I can have fun without it. But then again, I don't mind letting loose once in a while, but it's, but I empathize with, with what you're saying. It's cool. Um, so before we kind of wrap up, is there anything you want to talk about or plug before we go? Um, yes, I do, Steve, now that you mention it. Well, with, as I mentioned before, I'm um, just about to start development on this new platform and the platform is going to be an event listings, network and event listings website that allows users to answer a quick questionnaire and the uh, platform will recommend which events they should strategically be attending. So it's kind of like a digital version of what I do in terms of consultancy um, and it, it allows them to keep up with what events are happening in the northeast what networking opportunities are there but more importantly which ones are going to be the most appropriate for them to attend for their objectives mm -hmm. so that's the platform that's hopefully going to be launching in the next um in the next three months or What's so it called? it's going to be called well we're, they're working on Surprise. the brand as well yeah so if you do want to keep up with what's going on get yourself onto networkingknowwho.com which is networking k-n-o-w-h-o.com and then you can sign up to get my newsletter which hasn't started going out yet but what pop your little email address in there and then you can keep up with all the networking news what's going on yeah <laughs> brilliant plug my little plug my plug of the day but no it makes sense but i think that the whole point for me for this it's people who watch this i'll be in a similar position to both of us so it's not just about um, you know, they, some people might not have a need for a networking strategy, yeah. but they will appreciate seeing a similar entrepreneur at a similar level. I think it's a massive thing to almost have the bravery to create something that's online and scalable, but actually, you know, doing it is ballsy that it's it, the easy option is not to do, but I recognize that. But again, I think a lot of other people will, that they'll see that hopefully, you know, you're someone to watch, you're putting yourself out there. You know, some people would love what you do and some people won't. And some having just keep going and just find your own kind of niche and network and stuff. But I've, you know, definitely enjoyed this chat. It's been really good to kind of catch up, especially through lockdown. We don't get to speak to other people. So I just yeah. enjoy kind of doing this. Um, and I'll certainly kind of keep an eye out for what you do next. And I'll get you back on when you launch the thing and we'll just talk about it. And uh, no, I appreciate your time. No, thank you so much for having me. I've really had an absolute ball and could talk to you for ages. So I'll definitely be back. So, oh, cool. yeah, uh, And then just for you and everyone else. So what I do now is this is live on LinkedIn and Twitter and Facebook and YouTube and stuff. But I clip it up on YouTube. All the interviews go on there. So it's like 40 odd interviews from lots of different people. I clip it up, take the audio out, do some clever stuff with it. Then it goes as a podcast on iTunes and Google and Spotify and stuff. Um, and just try and share interesting stories of interesting people. Uh, hopefully this is of interest to, to you. If you like the sound of Jenny, if you're connect, follow her stuff. And uh, yeah, Jenny, thank you for your time. Thank you. Cool. Bye. I'm sure I'll speak to you soon. All right, cheers. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.